that here in Queens is near Queens College, uh, basically where Queens Chinatown shares a border with a predominantly Jewish neighborhood, and then also a border with a very diverse neighborhood. Um, I haven't ascribed with any particular ethnicity, um, but anyway, Ni Hao, uh, that's nearly all of the Chinese I know, and my sons taught me that. Ni hao. Hello. Pretty sad. Uh, for someone who lives in Queens, Chinatown, I admit, I, I feel like I should know more than just how to say hello. Uh, but anyway, wait, you know what? Before I even get started today, let me do some voice warm-ups. I have uh, serious voice issues. I discovered that while recording the original teaser for this podcast. And uh, finding out that I sound nothing like I sounded in my head. I mean, that just messed me up inside. I I know that's a thing. Everybody kind of goes through this. But I'm pretty sure that I can meet myself in the middle somewhere on this one. Alright, so. Whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot... We'll be together, whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Uh, you know, I learned that in an acting class. Well, it's uh, Drama 100 at Queens College. It's like a level below Acting 101. You know what I mean? Um, it's like acting for people who don't intend to become actors. Funny story. My professor in that class, he was an awesome guy. Uh, his name's Stephen Rao. Uh, sorry, Stephen Rao. <laughs> um, but he graduated from Yale in the same class as Meryl Streep. I'm not making this up. It's crazy. If you IMDb him, um, he's been in a lot of things you might have already seen, uh, whether on um, you know TV or movies like Basic Instinct, Pink Panther, Blue Bloods, Law and Order. It's uh, you know, he feels, excuse me, he fills the role of a policeman almost too easily. He just slides right in there with like his build and his facial features. It's just too easy to picture him as a cop. But if I remember correctly, and I should, because it hasn't been that long since I took his class, his passion is for the stage. So that's where one would find his best work and, and and things that he's won awards for you know things of that nature but as usual i digress uh, back to the warm-ups whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot we'll be together whatever the weather whether we like it or not uh hey i hope i'm not transgressing some unwritten rule about sharing trade secrets uh, for actors. Uh, Anyway, alright, so this is the spot in the scriptoid, uh, which, scriptoid, that's a new word I made up to use in place of a scriptish thing we use to guide the banter. Um, At this spot in the scriptoid is where I would... um, I would pause and, and Mani would probably ask about the Spanish part of my greeting in our last episode. 
And once I tell him what I said, you know, once I translate that to English, I, know, I calculate, I estimate, he would then proceed to bust my chops for giving a shout out to Colombian women, especially since his aunt slash my wife um, might not take it so lightheartedly as I intended it. Uh, but alas, Monty can't be with us again. It is killing me. Um, but you know what? Maybe it's better to get all this boring stuff out of the way first. So that when he gets back. Or when I finally go upstate and hunt him down. And, and force him to do a podcast episode with me. Um, we can have less of an agenda. And more of a let's just play with this paradigm thing going on. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Now, this week, I did manage to actually type the scriptoid instead of handwrite it, so you won't hear those papers rustling around all the time like you did before. Although, you might hear me click the keyboard, or you might hear the planes flying overhead. I feel like there is a reason some things must meet a clean, professional, like, industry standard. Uh, but I don't think my podcast is one of them. And why? Well, I'm so glad I asked myself that question. Um, because life doesn't happen in a sound booth. You know, when we're dealing with whatever life throws at us, we deal with it amidst everything else. Uh, sometimes everything else is just background noise compared to what we're dealing with. And, and sometimes it captures our attention. Uh, this podcast might be background noise to you in your car, for example, while you pay attention to the road and what's coming up or what's behind you. Um, life has a way of, of having like algorithmic and fractalesque reverberations. I, I think I want this podcast to be a reflection of that. And, and for now, that seems entirely appropriate. Um, you might even hear me light a cigarette oh my god who just judged me i actually felt someone judging me just then what's that all about as if i'm supposed to be some sort of role model no no no, no. um no that won't work i'm not a role model i work behind the curtain i'm an architect just like my briggs myers analysis says right Wait, is Briggs Myers still a thing? I feel like people want to debunk it, but it's kind of hard because it still feels relevant. I, is, am I close? Is that right? Uh, have you done the Briggs Myers air quote test yet? If not, I refer you to Google it. Check it out. Take one of the tests that is out there, whichever one doesn't cross some sort of like personal information technology security that you have and uh, check out your results now of course take it with a grain of salt maybe even a little MSG uh, MSG as my absent co-host calls gourmet powder uh, funny story maybe we'll get into that sometime um, now, in the background, you will definitely hear uh, Nine Inch Nails ghosts. 
I to IV. That's Roman numerals one to four playing in the background. Uh, Nine Inch Nails helps me retain my center, so to speak. And Ghosts one through four is free to use for nonprofit purposes, such as this podcast. Um, Right now I'm listening to Two Ghosts One. I'm pretty sure last week I was listening to 22 Ghost 3 and I definitely superimposed it on the audio anyway because I was at the library with a lot of other background noise. Um, I was at a library upstate last week. Alright, so we're going to review last week's teaser uh, in case you missed it. And um, this will give you a little bit of time to think about it while we are going over some of the new material that I'm going to talk about today. Um, Alright, so last week's teaser. Let's see. You are stranded on a huge island. As yet unexplored. Like, you have not checked out this island. You just know it's big. There's a lot of stuff out there. You have no idea what's waiting for you. And you are... Perhaps the only adult left alive from some terrible event in which, like, your kid-friendly cruise ship sank. So the bottom line is that now you have a bunch of kids of all ages looking to you for answers, for life, for food. And like right now, they are hungry right now. So what do you do? And of course, you're going to find a way to get them some food, right? But... How do you help them survive long term, you know, in the event that that you don't survive? And then in addition, how do you deal with the loss of your own significant other uh, while you do these things? Because presumably you were on the ship with your significant other and your children. And in this scenario uh, that I'm trying to present, your children have survived the shipwreck. And are there among the other kids. But your significant other is not. Now, as I promised in the last episode, I'm not going to do the bait and switch this time. Uh, we, will, we will get to, um, to answer this question later on. At the tail end of this episode. Um, so, don't worry. I didn't um, try to trick you this time. All right. Um, the original teaser where I did try to trick you in, in more ways than one. Um, I will give you a partial answer for now. It's uh, a hint to keep you on track. Um, if you're not thoroughly up to speed on ethics and like the philosophy of ethics, which I'm not either. Um, so don't feel bad if you're not, but... This is a, definitely just like a hint of where my mind went with this and, and what I'll be uh, proposing later on. All right. So if a highly intelligent, sentient being, you know, assuming this, this being possesses some sort of guiding ethics, of course, now, if they fired up a simulation which had the capacity to evolve its own sentient beings, well, they would just shut it down before the sentient beings evolved into existence, precluding the possibility of the suffering of those beings um, 
in things like the Holocaust. Now, that's not to say, I'm not saying 100% that we don't inhabit some simulation. But this hint here holds true as long as there was not a goal with an objective that supersedes the morality of the higher beings. Or if the morality of doing the simulation had not yet been, been, excuse me, or if the morality of doing the simulation had not yet been determined. So the answer that I will eventually share, the answers, all one and a half of them, they will adhere to this. Um, not that I think everyone's answers would. Uh, I think that some would say it was never moral to fire up the simulation. Some might have just other answers than I do for the original question. But mine will fit this. Okay? Now, on to the, the new material. Uh, last week, I talked about integrating one's emotional or like animalistic side with one's rational or thoughtful side. Uh, not that they are mutually exclusive, but I talked about how many of us have issues keeping them um, integrated and, and both parts of ourselves uh, satisfied. Especially without causing extra cognitive dissonance, which is like in today's world that is increasingly unavoidable. In today's world, that is increasingly unavoidable. You're either A or B, left or right, for us or against us. So I got to tell you, most of those choices the world forces us to make are just false dichotomies. There are other options that they just don't present us with. And, and just, if you think about it, life is not that black and white. And there is no reason any, any one of us should do anything but what is right in any given situation. Regardless of whatever labels the world puts on us or whatever labels we put on ourselves. Um, but you guessed that it's just not that easy to see those other choices. Especially not when everyone, even our closest friends and family, seem to obligate us to put ourselves in those boxes. It's, it, it's like... The world presents us with one option, which is to subdue ourselves under whatever chains we choose. And I just want us all to be free of any of those chains. I don't think there's any reason for any one of us to wear chains at all. Um, so why? that's why I'm doing this. I mean, why it's so important to me that I, I get on here and I'm investing my own time and money that I don't have um, for some nonsensical philosophical banter that clearly does not meet industry standards for entertainment or even, quote, edutainment. All right. um, a little bit of that 
excuse me, a little bit of that is art and expression. Absolutely. I, 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 we all have a need to express ourselves uh, one way or the other. But that's not entirely... Uh, I wouldn't even say it's the majority of what is the driving force inside my mind to, to do this. The driving force that I feel is something called praxis, um, which I'll get to in a moment. But this, this notion of praxis has usurped uh, my previous driving force, which was just a matter of sharing my uh, 20 years of personal research getting it into the ether uh, before I die and, and making sure my, my kids have some sort of legacy to look up to. And that clearly would have been basically just self-expression. Um, but after completing my own research, uh, which I, I recently did, the next step was clearly toward putting everything into practice which is really the definition of praxis. Sort of like putting theory into practice. Um, there were many things I did not know when I began my, air quote, research when I was around Monty's age, um, which makes his being uh, my intended co-host here significant to me. Um, I started my journey at that age and it went the way that it went um, I found out a lot of stuff I don't want anyone to have to repeat that stuff um, for starters I didn't have a clue of what philosophy was let alone that what I was doing was making a philosophical endeavor um, much of what I sought to answer had already been determined by philosophers over the years from even before Socrates all the way up to, to what we have Peter Singer nowadays. Um, and, and there were various like digressions along the way, and including, I mean, religions and philosophical schools and whatnot. Uh, so I might have been able to save myself quite a bit of time and effort had I known these things. I, I have no idea. Uh, looking back on it now and considering, you know, my analysis of my results, someone definitely had to do what I did in order to get the information that I got. I'm not sure there's any other way, but if there is, it would take much longer than what it took me. So it was expedient, if not necessary, to do what I did. Uh, not to mention, I also found out with a high degree of certainty that I'm not the only one who did what I did. Or who will in the future. There are going to be other people who do what I did. Because the answers that they find you know, from others do not satisfy all the questions that they have in life. 
Um, one of my major goals here is to save them time and, and pain. So make no mistake about it. What I did was extremely painful. Internally. I was in a state of isolation and loneliness for about 20 years. That's 20 years. It hurt. At some point, I just thought I would be stuck there indefinitely. Then I, I found reason to try harder to finish it. Of course, from my children. I wanted to be close. I wanted to be closer to my children than I could be with, with anybody else. You know, until they came along, I, I basically assumed that the wall between others and myself was impenetrable. Um, I decided to resume a concerted effort to finish my work, to, to find a way um, out of the cycle of doubt, out of the loneliness. I figured that either I would finish it and both the world and I myself would be better off for it or I would at least be able to pass along the information I had already gathered um, not the least of which would provide an explanation to my children as to why I was never like just never quite totally there well I'm mostly back now from what I can tell, there are just a few bits of information that need further analysis, which I will be doing, of course. How much my research and experiments benefit humans, I don't know. But I know it will be worth more than absolutely nothing, because at the very least, I will be able to raise my kids. And with what I see is a higher state of awareness than I would have otherwise. I will be at least one more individual being the change that I wish to see in the world uh, to work from Gandhi's quote. And that change is beautiful. I have no hesitation about whether it's the right thing to do or not. The only ongoing contemplations I have that compete with actually finishing my analysis for like active computing time of my conscious mind are in regards to praxis. And for a much clearer meaning of what I mean about praxis or, or for anything philosophical about which I fail to fully inform any of you listeners, I would point you in the direction of another podcast. Uh, it's called Philosophize This. There's a guy, Stephen West, the host of the show. He has done an excellent job of laying a sound, like 
easy to comprehend framework for the endeavor of philosophy and the current state of philosophy, um, which he's not even done with his series yet. He does it so much better than I could. And I, because of that, I feel no need to catch you up myself. You can always refer to philosophize this and, um, and look up whatever episode seems relevant to the information that I seem to have failed to share with you, you will get a concise summary and you will be entertained. It is, it is a great show. Um, in the case of Praxis, uh, you would want to listen to the last few of his episodes on the Frankfurt School and a philosopher named Marcuse. Uh, let's see, where was I? My contemplations on praxis. Well, this is about to get weird. In order to apply both enlightened and critical thought to the problem from my perspective, to say that we have to think outside of the box would be an understatement. Um, to say that we have to go through the looking glass is a little more accurate. But it still doesn't do it justice. So I paused the recording for a second and took a look at uh, what I had left in the scriptoid for this episode and it looks like there's quite a bit more of material so this is definitely going to have to be a two-parter um i'm going to record the rest of it right now and i will post it i will upload it one way or the other so that you don't have to wait if you don't want to However, the material that I've presented so far really seems like it's enough. And I wouldn't expect anyone to go on. I, I certainly wouldn't ask that of myself even or my children. So I'll find a way to put it up on the website uh, so that if you want to go on, you can. If you're done for today... I completely understand. Um, however, you know, trying not to break my word on making sure I don't pull the old bait and switch on you again. Ah, man. The material that I had written for the answer to the teaser, etc., etc., that's all on the tail end of this. So if you want that, Carry on and uh, listen to that next part, alright?